Hey, everybody, coming up on today's podcast, we've got a slate full of interesting topics. Um, first and foremost, for some reason or another, Twitter is um, going to latch on to the genius of uh, one inventor of uh, said rockets and electric vehicles. We're going to get into a little bit of that. Um, we're going to get into... Yes, hydrogen, hydrogen internal combustion engines. There's there seems to be a peak of interest as of late into that. We're going to try to wrap our brains around why that could be happening. Um, there was a plethora of April Fool's jokes that went around, and we're going to bring <laughs> we're going to bring one or one or two up that. Um, was interesting and very laughable, uh, but if I am a customer of theirs, um, you could see why you, you know you might be pissed. But uh, that and um, DeLorean tends to be back in the news again. Uh, we got a little bit more information on the DeLorean comeback, um, and then some disruptions due to the Ukrainian-Russian war in the automotive industry, which is a big deal. Um, all of that. Coming up right after this, guys. And that is my co-host, Keith, over there. How are you doing today, Keith? Man who catch fly with chopstick accomplish anything. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. I love it, man. What's up, everybody? Whew. It's good to have the soundboard back. You know, a yeah. absence makes the uh, heart grow fonder, man. I've had uh, plenty of time to think about what I could do when I get my, when I get my sound drops back. Uh, what? The, okay, Just makes the fart smell what? Fonder. <laughs> Man, I think I could do an entire segment with nothing but my soundboard. It, it, you know, Stephen Hawking style. Just me hey, and, and some buttons. Coming up, this is episode one eighteen, by the way, guys. And for those of you who are just joining us and are not subscribed, thank you for joining us. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, parscountyguru.com hit the podcast link and you can choose your platform um, we also have video segments out there of these uh, segments that we do on the podcast and you can get that over at youtube.com forward slash parscountygurus and um, make sure you hit that subscribe button turn that thing from red to gray hit the notify bell which is that bell up there and then um, you'll get notified when these things come out so thank make you so. thank you if you are subscribed yes make it so Yes. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, to follow up on the last conversation we had about Picard. Um, you caught up? Ep episode four was fantastic. I yeah. am. You are correct, sir, on the um, uh, his holodeck, uh, the investigator that he plays. Dixon yes. Hill. Yes. You were correct, sir. So there you go. The reference was correct. Thank you for... Uh, Bringing that up. So anyway, as a follow up, we like to we like to kind of talk about things. That we Man, talked about it's, before, uh, is, it's good for it's, fodder. It's um, 
So uh, that one was directed by Jonathan Frakes, by the way. Oh, it uh, was? Riker, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's done that. He's directed several of their movies. Uh, I like I, I like Riker. He's one of my favorite characters yeah, um, of the series. Um, he's... They are doing some interesting things, and Star Trek has always done this, where they push uh, push current social issues to the forefront mm. cl- in clever mm-hmm. ways. Um, right. It's uh, I- I'm hooked, man. It's it's good. It's good content. I love it. I love it too. It's um, it, it it's it's a different change. It's a change for me because I've been such a big fan of the series. Period. Over mm-hmm. the years, the changes, the different uh, characters that come and go, but and I hence come and go. I, I love the fact that you can watch this series and you still get some remnants of that, which is right. nice. And yeah. not not to be a spoiler here again, like I was called out on the last show, but um, there are some interesting twists in in this particular um, uh, series of Picard that um, I like a lot. So. We'll uh, we'll keep you keep you up to date on how those things pan out. So, um, wow, man, April Fools! Did you get did you get had this year on April Fools um, by chance, baby? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I've kind of gotten to the point where um, it's so overdone now in our in our in our line of work that you know we kind of just like it's like eh, come on, who's gonna you know who's gonna right. Just they're, they're just it's so over the top, you know. And, yeah. and and I guess the thing that surprises me, Jay, is how many people will rush into battle over yeah. something that's completely made up without doing any objective analysis at all. Like just take a minute, just read, and consider other possible. Yeah perspectives I, I we're all guilty of this i mean it's a really bad problem in this country uh politically mm-hmm. and on on all sides um mm-hmm. but but you know this is this is case in point here so it if, is. You, if you got something uh you had several somethings that you wanted to you, how about now now seems like a good time don't you think jay <laughs> now seems like a really good time it seems like a really good time to talk about what i was talking about well yeah this is sort of you know this is not this is sort of newsworthy, <laughs> live from the news desk. It's newsworthy, and that's why I want to bring it in up front because, um, again, if I'm if I am someone who is a reservation holder of the Ford Bronco who has not received their Bronco yet, I would have been a bit bent about this. Um, and we'll get into some of the comments, but and this is how 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 bad it is out there when people just kind of buy into certain things that they, and you have to be careful in today's world because you can, you could say something and people believe you, man. I mean, it's just, you have to be very careful. You know that you- the, we'll get into this more later. It, I know this cause you told us in the beginning of the podcast that, you know, it was coming up, but uh, people will, you know, if it's on social media, it must be true. Right. Right. You know, and this is a fine example of that. And sadly, for uh, Bronco 6G, which you guys know, they're one of the forums for the the this gener- new generation sixth generation uh, for Bronco, and um, they posted this 
first, and basically the post says Ford is hiring Bronco convoy, convoy delivery drivers due to transport shortages. Applications begin today. Well, if I'm if I'm following them, and I see that there's some reality to that because we know how the economy is right now. We know the shortages of drivers out there. We know how in demand these Broncos have been and how long these people have been waiting for their Broncos. So people jumped right in. But then sadly, they had to come back and repost it and in parentheses post April Fools. Okay? Because they got hammered. So, I mean, let me let me give you a fine example. They, they posted this and then um, let's, let's go here. And, and again, it says... I'm going to read you exactly what they say. Due to the fact that shipping has become so backlogged with rail and trucks uh, weeks behind schedule, Ford has started a new program. Ford will start hiring Bronco convoy delivery drivers to try and move the thousands of Broncos stuck on Mud Mountain. Now, Mud Mountain is a reference to what was Dirt Mountain in the summer of 2021, then became Ice Mountain in the winter of 21-22, and now it's Mud Mountain because we're thawing out, which I like that, by the way. But we've driven on all three of them, we've, right, Keith? We've, we're running out of creative place names for this place that, you know, is essentially a giant <laughs> Bronco parking lot. I mean. Ex- exactly. Exactly. So, and then they go on to say this program. Is, now, what, what, what's the summertime name going to be? I mean, that's. Well, you know. the last summertime's name was Dirt Mountain. Oh, I thought so, that was Autumn. No, that, well, it might have been. So let's call it Dust Mountain. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, or you could just leave us a comment and give us your... How about The Mountain? Yeah. Uh, It's got to be, you know, know, we we live in an an era where you got to be a little bit more clever than that, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. So they're saying this program is being implemented to help new Bronco owners receive their Broncos as soon as possible after the March 31st deadline to get the Broncos ready for shipment. Owners will receive one Ford Pass Point for each mile put on the Bronco during delivery. Apply today. Okay. Uh, well, that was an April Fool's joke, apparently. Uh, some people, um, exactly. There's a guy uh, here uh, that worked for Ford. Works for Ford. He says, actually worked for Ford. Says, after working at Ford for 30 years, I'll just have to take a pass on the opportunity. Um, then you got one guy uh, asking, when mine is finished, can I just come and drive it home? Forget the transport. I'll take a $1,500 discount for shipping. You know, I mean, and of course, Ford comes back and says, that ain't happening. Uh, They don't do that. Um, (laughs) Another guy says, Nor7 says, I hope that's in addition to, you know, actual money is what, you know, the points and (laughs) all that kind of other stuff. Um, One Bronco for you, one Bronco for me. Now, Here's where it gets really funny to me. I thought it was a blast to, to read this guy's comment. You'll get a kick out of this. Um, same guy, North 7 says, uh, if some slob drives my Bronco from Michigan to Pennsylvania, I'm going to be pissed. I can see it now, stopping at some rest area and eating Big Macs and spilling that crap all over the place, touching all the buttons, and I'm going to call my dealer to give them a what for, man. They better not pull this BS. I don't care how many points they give me. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Now, here's my question to anybody out there 
who is a Bronco 6G forum person, did you get a chuckle out of it or did you kind of get mm, rubbed the wrong way? I would have gotten rubbed a little wrong about that. How about you, Keith? Um, it's tough considering, because I like to think of myself as somebody who is a, an objective person. Like I always take what I what I read, see, hear, and then I look at all the possibilities. I try. I don't always pull that off, but I try. And I would like to think that I wouldn't just jump straight to you know, red alert shields up, you know, load the loading the torpedo bay, photon torpedo bays going to war. Right. I would like to think that I would do a little bit more validation first, but I don't know. I, I yeah. you know, I, some people pull the trigger, man, you know, they're real quick to react in those situations. And they was have. it in poor taste? You know, I mean, that's really what you're that's asking. That's the question. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, I think in light of the recent Will Smith slap to the face of Chris Rock, yeah, it was in poor taste. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did it get him a whole bunch of extra views? Probably. Probably so. Uh, will there be blowback? That remains to be seen. Uh, I'm interviewing myself well, now. Uh, <laughs> they're, not the, they're not the owners of the of the vehicles before the actual consumers take yeah, ownership. Yeah, but I don't so care about that. They just want eyeballs on their on their that, content, that's it. right? That's it. Yeah. So um, yes, it, it was it was funny. I, I chuckled at it, um, but then I got to thinking, gosh, man, if I'm a reservation holder, man, this just doesn't sit well with me. Now, one of the smartest responses that I ever that I saw out of this whole bunch was one, one person says they should fly everybody in that's waiting, uh, then have a class on how to install the missing modules, um, yeah. and at the end of the experience, you drive home with your Bronco and a $500 gas card. That's, hey, that's fair, right? You know, you get 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 a, get a chip class, and when assuming the comes that in, this is all just plug and play parts replacement, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. The very next one says, "I hate April 1st. So That's there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So, so there you go. I mean, the whole the, for me, it's just like you poor Ford Bronco reservation holders who have not received your vehicle yet, man. I tell you what, it's just, um, well, what else? You know, I mean, what else can you take? You know, uh, so in the in the spirit of being to to keep my objectivity, um, mm -hmm. you're take you you know Ford took a risk in in developing this Bronco in secret, mm -hmm. and they felt like it was a calculated risk, and they knew that there was going to be a, a a certain amount of interest. What what with Toyota kind of rolling back a lot of their you know Overland options and the Jeep market blowing up and all that. Right. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to just jump. You don't want to go wild with production mm -hmm. without having the orders in. And so, right. you know, there has to be a ramp up period over the next few years. I mean, I don't see any other way around that. I mean, the same thing's happening to Rivian. Oh, absolutely. It's not just Rivian. And we're going to get into this. The same thing happened to Tesla with the Model 3. Yes. I mean, I mean we're going to get into this. Well, how do you solve that? You, you know, you. Unless you can manufacture in in very short turnaround, meaning like you get an order today and it's done by the end of the week, which that's mm -hmm. not realistic, right? Considering all the components and the just in time philosophy that a lot of these suppliers, there just isn't a better way to do this. You, there's going to be a line on any new model 
Mm-hmm. Right. For several yeah. years. A- absolutely. Um, for a number of reasons. Um, and, and again, we're going to get into this uh, about some of these, these shortages that just continue to happen without our control. No control of ours, um, and certainly a, most of it is not in the control of these manufacturers. Mm-hmm. The part of it that is is where they choose to go do business, but for certain products or components that are installed on these new vehicles, there's only so many places on this planet that you can go to to get them. And um, you know, right. China is China's one of those that kind of holds the key to certain. Um, alloys uh, and elements that we need to uh, ramp up that type of production, you know, namely um, battery electric vehicles, period. Um, and then also, you know, wiring certain metals for that that are only in certain regions as well. And we'll get into that a little bit. But there are none of these, none of these manufacturers are, are able at this point to really restore themselves back to normalcy. It's just not going to right. happen. It, it, you know, it's we're getting closer. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, I, I've been careful to not say this until now, Jay. OK, go ahead. Can we get a drum roll? Uh, yeah. I mean, I got, you know. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. No. Hey, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I can't hear it. <laughs> oh, oh, there it is. Because it's, it's not not doing it. Oh. Um, okay. There was a lot of talk around this term you know back to normal about a year year and a half ago Mm -hmm. i guess do we really need to go back where we were no i i understand the sentiment right like we want to get back to a way of life that was comfortable right i but i would argue that there are some things that we've hopefully learned Mm -hmm. that we can do better so we don't end up back where we started so and now i understand that's an oversimplification because really what you mean is you don't want to deal with the difficulties in things like the supply chain i get it okay but Mm -hmm. do we really in the automotive industry do we really want to go back to the way we were making cars three years ago um i would say the best answer to that if you're if i'm if i'm being asked a direct question and someone asked me that i would say you have to figure out a way to do it differently or the same thing will happen again. Absolutely. And right? that's the last thing you want. If because not it, because of a uh, health crisis pandemic and COVID, mm-hmm. because of right. a war. And there's certainly right. not any of that going on in the world right now, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, which, yeah, I, we're, we'll, I know we're going to get to that. We'll get into too. that. Yeah. But I just feel like we got to learn from this. I mean, uh, this whole like just leave me alone and let me you know eat my Doritos and go back to my favorite show kind of thing. It's not going to produce any better results next time. I want better oh, no. stuff. Don't you want better stuff? I want better. Don't you stuff. guys want better stuff? Right. Let's you know. But you know, you wonder how the the landscape of shopping for a new vehicle. I mean, we said this two years ago when we started podcasting podcasting about the way. These oh. companies are 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 bringing it. They're polling you, it, hanging by a thread. The old right? dealer model is hanging by a thread, and Ford yep. knows it. And they have yes. warned dealers time and again to walk the line. Mm-hmm. And I, there is gonna, we are gonna continue to see change in that process. Absolutely, we will. And um, unfortunately, there's gonna be people that are gonna, you know, not like it. But unfortunately. 
it has to change. Either either you prepare for change, yeah. or you're just going to sit over the corner and sulk and just be pissed all the time. Well, because I mean, it's it's, it's going to get it's it's, it's inevitable to some extent, yeah. right? I mean, the whole Absolutely HDTV uh, thing. Remember when we switched from analog yeah. uh, over the air like television signal to HD and digital? Had to get signal? a whole new box. It and sucked, yeah, man. It was it so poorly planned out, and it was a yep. complete chaotic. All right, so but now. You know, yeah, I mean the the picture quality. If you can get it, it's better. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been that's just one example. There's been a lot of change, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I I guess you know if you're anti technology, I just change is inevitable to some extent, whether you want to or not. Uh, the big, you know, the big elephant in the room in this case is the the trend to electrification, and right. there's people that aren't happy about that, and I get it, right? Uh, that's right. I don't think you're gonna be able to stop that train. The right. best and you af- can hope for is right. to guide that train into a different station. Exactly. And listening to this podcast today, you're going to get a better understanding of why the electrification is a bigger deal than you think that it is. Because I know there's a lot of questions of why can't we do this or why can't we do that? So we'll, you know, we're here to entertain and kind of bring you that information. So hopefully. Hopefully you'll learn a little bit today. Um, I know that I've learned in doing some of the research uh, about some of these specific topics today. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun digging digging deep into this. But you know, t- go ahead. No, nope. you, you go. Nope. I was going to say to segue on into this this whole shortage thing. Um, you know how how we're having to conduct business and you know the the lack of inventory on new car lots. I mean, even big players like you know Toyota, who normally have huge huge inventories mm-hmm. or just don't have them. They're just not there. They have been hit as hard as anybody else. And, um, you know, demand, um, doesn't go away. Uh, people tend to, uh, buy and, uh, under a lot of circumstances, but, but now the inventory is such that, that people are hard pressed to find a new vehicle that they, they would want. And, and honestly, man, and I, and I want to speak to this a little bit when we get into this next story is, and I said this before when we were talking about these vehicles, these Broncos that are just sitting there waiting for chips to come in, or they have gotten rid of certain systems in order to finish the build, maybe come back at a later date to upgrade it or whatever. Those are problems for me. The other side of that is, is that in manufacturing or supply chains, period, uh, suppliers to the industry have sources themselves. They have A, B, C, D sources. At some point, A runs out, B runs out, C runs out, D runs out. There's a reason why they are in that order. And you know, most of you should understand that when you start getting into D supplier, um, while they may be welcomed in the door by means of some concessions being made um, to get production finished and rolling, they might not be the most desirable of, um, of, of quality, uh, but, but just getting by if you catch my drift and uh, yeah, I'm not finger pointing, but I am going to say this could turn into a real cluster from a quality standpoint and reliability for, for newer vehicles down the road. So, um, we may be coming back on the show in a year and talking about all the complaints that could be out there, and I'm going to have Keith drop a... I hate to say I told you so. So you got it here first. 
Let's talk about it. <laughs> We've already had the problem of chip shortages, right? Yep. All of our eggs, one basket, correct? Yes. Pretty much. Um, so now let's fast forward to present day where we now have the Russia-Ukraine war going on, which could further escalate the auto prices and the shortages. Um, uh, it's already had an impact. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the most obvious one that the probably the most people have noticed is in fuel prices. Um, by the way, guys, as we get into this segment, go get the full podcast over on our website at partscounterguru.com. Click on the podcast tab. It'll take you to your podcast platform of choice where you can listen to us go on for usually over an hour. Yeah. Uh, on an average just, of uh, about once every week or two, we release yeah. one. It's um, just us brainstorming and you get to sit in on it. You yeah. Know? I mean, uh, it's literally gotten to the point where I kind of have to. <laughs> Things have been good. We've grown. We continue to grow. Thank you all for that. This is Jay and I's scheduled time to meet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? And there will be beers afterwards. So, so just, just yeah. So, uh, right. So we, we've got... We, out of the frying pan into the fire, so to speak. You know, right. the global pandemic was initially a health crisis. Now we have shortages due to... Um, There's supply of un wiring. Unrest, right? Yeah, un yeah, unrest and it's supply of wiring. Uh, Ukraine is is a major supplier of, mm -hmm. of, of certain uh, things for the automotive industry. And to the point that where BMW has hauled a production at two German factories, um, Mercedes is slowing work at its assembly plants. VW is warning of production stoppages. Um, it's also looking for alternative sources for their parts. Now, again, it's what I said. You have primary supplier, then you go down the chain. And when you start looking for alternative sources, these, these guys have to go through the process of qualification. I mean, there, there is so much involved with approval um, uh, processes, especially when it comes to the original equipment manufacturers like a VW or a BMW or a Ford or a GM. It's a lot of red tape that you have to go through to be able to supply them with product. And, and rightfully so, because they're putting out a quality product. They want to, they want to stand behind it. Uh, so they have to have suppliers that will stand behind them for their product, yada, yada. There's ISO certifications, TS certifications, QSO certifications, all of these things that are in place to make these things come to you at the end of the day uh, uh, to have to have a good product as a consumer. Um, now, that, yeah, the one positive in this, and there may be more than one, but I guess maybe the most obvious positive is the rebuilders industry is booming. Ooh. Absolutely, okay. it is. But so the original, as as Chuck Lynch would say, the original green movement, right? Like mm -hmm. so, people are keeping their cars longer; they're rebuilding them. By the way, as I continue to pull you off topic here, so I had a friend yeah, of mine. It's good. Um, he's got a roughly five year old Silverado fifteen hundred. Oh, same deal that happened to your dad. Same deal that happened to one of our other friends, Jade. This is not either of those two people. And he's like, uh, active fuel management, got an issue, got some noise, got some lifters clattering. Should I turn mm -hmm. it off? Basically went through the, the mailing document that you sent me. Thanks for that, by the way. Yep. And and this is, I just ended up telling him, like, you know, I, I verified that it did, in fact, have, that, that that particular V8 did have active fuel management. It did. Right. Um, I said, here's what I would do. I would take it to a trusted engine shop, a rebuilder shop. Yep. If you if you don't know of one, let me know. I'll give you some recommendations. 
And I would I would get them to just just diagnose the problem. Just just spend yeah. let them spend probably what would end up being a couple hours of labor just to go over it and and figure out where that problem is. Mm-hmm. And they should then be able to give you a rough estimate on what it's going to take to repair it. Right. Okay. And repair it right. Yeah. You know, not put a Band-Aid on it. You may not like that number, but yeah, Melling made it clear that disabling the active fuel management, uh, and I know that's not the segment, but I just want to get to a point here. They said, hey, this isn't going to solve anything. That problem is going to resurface. And I just said, and you'll at least have a number. And then if you don't like that number, go buy a new one. Go get right? something else. Go get something without active fuel management if that's yeah. a problem for you. Because you know? someone will have an interest in that pickup truck, will be willing to take on that issue because of, and this is where we come full circle, the limited availability of new vehicles. And they'll be willing to pay for the repair costs or they'll be absorbed into the cost of that vehicle, which is already up like almost 15% from last year. Absolutely. So now's the time to, to move on this if you're going to do it. So so exactly. I feel like there's a lot of vehicles, Jay, that would end up like in a landfill or something in mm-hmm. previous years that, like this one, mm-hmm. still have some life left in them. People are going to spend the money now to fix them. Absolutely. Um, and here's why. I, I'm one of those individuals that you and I have been talking about me purchasing. I, I would like to have a four-wheel drive vehicle, and I'm looking, you know, leaning towards a Toyota um, 4Runner. Um, but... I don't want to purchase one right now because I'm a bit leery of what's coming out of the factories. Um, yeah. I mean, are they using those C-list suppliers or the D-list suppliers? And, Correct. You know, and, yeah. and what 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 am I not going to be able to get on the vehicle that I would normally want? It's just not available because they don't have right. uh, the ability to, to, to put that on the vehicle. So I'm going to wait until the dust settles. Um, I would rather, let, let's just say something happened. Um, let's just say you blew an engine. Right, you've got quality um, uh, aftermarket engine builders out there. Uh, Jasper engines and transmission being probably one of the leading in 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 the um, industry. Uh, there is another one for that's out there called LKQ. There's there was I don't know I don't know if ATK is still around, but those are just a few of the top names that come to my mind that are quality uh, built product. Um, so. Take this. So you don't have to run out and buy a new vehicle if you drop an engine or whatever. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that the repair cost to, to, to drop an engine is, say, six to 8000 bucks. I would probably be more in tune to go that direction because I know I'm going to get at least another five to six years out of it for sure mm-hmm. because I've already gotten 10 out of it with the original engine anyway. So why not just dump it in that for the short term? It's a it's it's a nice way to keep you in transportation until you can buy something that, that really appeals to you. Um, and then by the time that happens, hopefully this, the dust will have cleared. You'll be able to get what you want, and vehicles will be completely different than what they are this year, um, which we'll get into a little bit at, uh, of as well. But the war the war right now in Ukraine, um, the they have. Um, the, the war's damage to the auto this is what they say that the war's damage to the auto industry has emerged first in Europe but US production will likely suffer eventually too which it already has if Russian export of metals from palladium uh, for catalytic converters to nickel for electric uh, vehicle batteries are cut off um, so the w- obstacle in Ukraine is that Ukraine supplies critically important electrical wiring 
which is made there. Like wiring um, harnesses. Now, a lot of that's going yes. to European Union built automobiles. Correct. So that's where you were referring to. It's not directly going to affect us here in the U.S. right away, but it Correct. eventually will. Yeah, because, because then what happens is stuff that would have typically been exported here won't be. Right. So then there'll be fewer vehicles here. Like, for example, well, my Toyota FJ did not right. was not built here in right. the United States. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the what happens is when you have situations like this is that where normally a supply chain over there would not touch the supply chain that we we mm -hmm. have here. Because they are suffering, they're reaching out to U.S. manufacturers saying, can you share the load? Can you help? And I right. think that there's that sense of community right now amongst the automotive industry as a whole where everybody's trying to help each other out. Allotments of this, I'll allot you this, I'll allot you that, and which kind of helps keep the ball rolling. Because Keith and I have said this before on this podcast. You have heard us. As the auto industry goes, so does our economy. Yeah. Well, and there's a demand for for automobiles, right? Like right. Just from a, from the world perspective, there's a certain number of people in the world every year that want to buy vehicles. Um, what was it like last year? So S&P Global Mobility had this, uh, let's see, 94 million uh, were built in 2018. So pre-pandemic by two years, right? So in uh, last year, they did 84 million. Wow. No, wait. I'm sorry. That's this year. So literally a ten million uh, ten million vehicle difference. That's okay? crazy. Mm -hmm. And so the so the logic goes well. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, there's a certain number of people that want to buy vehicles. Right. They're gonna get. They have to get them somewhere. So if they can't right. get them new, then they go into the used market, which is why the used market pricing has gone up. Yep. Uh, this is all kind of moving shells around on the table. It's got to come from somewhere. Right? That's right. So again, back to your point, if enough vehicles aren't for sale in Europe, then somebody's going to go looking for those somewhere else. Right. And trust me, there are trade negotiations that go on between us and other countries mm -hmm. where you've got um, brokers here in the U.S. that are, they come here specifically to buy the vehicles and they ship them back overseas. That's right. just the way it works. Uh, happens a lot going through into South America, Central America as well, down into Mexico. That's a big deal. Um, Canada, not so much. Um, kind of a different animal, I think. Uh, I think be due to and you got to understand some of this they stuff have, is going uh, to they have square square wheels on their cars. <laughs> I know this yeah. from watching South Park. Okay, right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing too is uh, some of these countries uh, do not have near as strict uh, uh, emission. Um, uh, regulations in place as as the aforementioned, which is Canada and us. So just keep that in mind. Um, but yes, and you know the one thing that I have noticed, Keith. Speaking of the used car market, with this going on, I've noticed several of these car lots around here that are full, full of used cars, but they're like one, two, three year old vehicles. Mm -hmm. So if I'm if I'm if I am in the need for a newer vehicle, I'm just I have to have one. You know, right now may not be a bad time to get one that's more within your price range on a on a used price, but just keep in mind you're going to be paying ten to well, fifteen in some cases. Here's 30 what's going to happen: more. so you get the people like we were just talking about that have a full blown engine, or like my friend that you know with the active fuel management issue, mm -hmm. and they're looking at some people, not all, but some people look at this and go, okay, well, six thousand dollars to to drop the engine and put a new one in, or seven right. or eight, right. 
that's a lot of money. I don't have that kind of cash on hand. If I want to be making a payment, like if I'm going to have to put that on a credit card, if I want to be making a payment, mm -hmm. I would rather be making one payment and just have it be on a new vehicle. And then maintenance is included. I've got a warranty. I'm not paying for anything. And they'll go that route. And that's then why those cars that are two or three years old end up on the lot that you're talking about. Because somebody will buy them and they can absorb the, that repair cost into the, the already inflated used car price. Right. Absolutely, man. This is a, it's a tricky and slippery slope that we're on right now uh, with this whole used car and new vehicle market right now. It is... Um, do your homework, people. That's the best I can tell you is to please do your homework because you could end up getting screwed royally if you do not. Um, anyway, in a nutshell, um, shortages have led to so many problems for automakers right now. Um, we are just just getting the, the tip of the iceberg here with the problems. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're probably two years to – potentially three years of away from getting to a point to where it is manageable for the automakers. Um, and why that is, is you throw in before COVID and of course the Ukraine Russian war going on right now. Um, there was that big surge in electric vehicle pushing. So everybody put again, eggs in one basket and they're, they've promised these vehicles out. Um, you know, Rivian's been suffering with it. Ford's been suffering with it. They're all suffering with it. So just be aware of all that, guys. Be patient. Um, and if you are going to buy used, uh, I think going certified used um, is probably one of your, your best avenues to take uh, because sometimes in most, in most cases they will come with a warranty. So that's my advice on that particular subject. So there you go. Mm. Wow. How did we get there? Well, it's uh, it's about saving the uh, future of humanity, right? That's what we do, Keith. That's what we do. Um, so your buddy, <laughs> I knew that. I knew. I knew it. Okay, yeah. You want to talk about him? Let's talk about him. Why, right. why is this important? First of all, why is this? What important? You <laughs> why is this important? You talking about Elon? I am. Nobody talks about it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, my yeah. wife got me a bottle of Elon, Elon Musk for me. That's, I've just always wanted to do that. That's stupid, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's, nah, it's, know, I'm sure you're not the first. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, um, definitely a personality, definitely polarizing. We've established all these things previously on the program, if you're not aware. Of Smoking weed on what, the Joe Rogan program. That which uh, we speak, it. yep. Make yep, sure hosting SNL. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> did a, did an okay job there uh, on SNL. So you know, rockets into space, the whole deal, right? Got got uh, space based internet now. Um, so uh, not without a share of problems. No. Um, so also very active on Twitter. Like very much. Honestly, so, yes. that's the place. If you want to hear anything about Tesla. Like Twitter's probably the best place to go, and he's very—he's super active, and he's done some cool things there, you know, like right uh, with the Ukraine crisis, and uh, you know, I, I remember a few years back, and 
some we had some weather issues and some hurricanes and he was able to you know communicate to people on twitter and tell them that they've unlocked extra range in their vehicles um elon's been invited to join the board yeah. uh, actually he's already been i think he's accepted so he's been appointed to the board of directors at twitter okay yeah, he's also a shareholder of, of for yeah. that's how he yeah. gets on the board yeah yeah well i mean but, you know he's probably yeah so you're not too thrilled about this, are you, Jay? Well, I, it, it, re, it remains to be seen as to how thrilled I will be when this, you know, in, in a year after he's mm -hmm. on it, because I am one person who has just begun to get into Twitter. Yeah, it's you my know? favorite. I've said before, also on yeah. the show, it's my favorite. If I'm going to go to any social media outlet, it's the one that I prefer because you can go straight to the source. And, right. you know, if I want to hear from Elon Musk, I, I go read his tweets. If I want to mm -hmm. hear from the, you know, the White House, I go read the official White House tweets. If I want to hear from, you know, whoever it is, right, General mm -hmm. Motors, I go go to their, I read their, their, you know, we have access to a lot of press releases from the automotive industry companies because mm -hmm. that's where we work and live and right. that's what we Rivian. do. Uh, RJ yeah. Scarn, CEO. He's on RJ Scarn, he is but, on, he is like heavy on Twitter. Joe yeah. Consumer, if you're not in the industry, Twitter's a great source for it. But you said something to me, and I don't disagree with you, where you feel like, um, well, let's just take Facebook for an example, right? Right, right. Before Facebook went public, it was a pretty different animal. And right. I'm, I hate to break it to you, ladies and gentlemen, like if you've been under a rock. Lately, I don't know how you wouldn't know this, but Facebook sucks. Like, it it's just awful. sucks. And I, Honestly, hey, I'm just going to tell them right now for you and I, for, for us, the only reason I am on, we are on Facebook is because we have a lot of fans there and we like to reach yeah. our fans. But outside of that... Well, the they're, suck they're part not even is like the crappy ads that you got to deal with and how they kind of manipulate the feed and you see like what you see is all manipulated it's, and yeah. it's, you know. And of course, and, meta, meta coming in and it didn't. Yeah, people arguing. And so yeah. you have a little bit of concern that this could potentially happen to yeah. Twitter, right? I do. I do. Okay. I, I have a lot of concern there and I kind of like it the way that it is because it's more of a no BS adult type forum if you will yeah um and i like that it, it it draws for good conversation um i mean the bottom line man is it, it it's people you know journalists politicians actors you know celebrities period yeah um people that we normally wouldn't see that personal side of them you get to see it on the official twitter accounts yeah um, and some of them i kind of wish they wouldn't show me that but yeah. <laughs> this, this is true <laughs> right this is true i've seen a few questionable things uh, since being on there but you know but but for for elon um you know their whole point was bringing him in is is they, that they felt like that that he could help massage this yeah improve on a few things now he did already come out and say you know the edit function you know we should because he came out and said basically in his tweet that we're going to make. I'm, I'm on the board. I'm going to make significant, suggest significant changes to the platform, and that's what really got me cringing. It's like, okay, what significant changes are you talking about? I mean, are they looking to monetize now? And well, you know, how's this going to happen? It's funny you should ask that. So um, this is going to all come back to a cyclical theme in this podcast. By the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit our website at partscounterguru.com. You can find the podcast there. You get the whole thing. All right. The whole enchilada. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Um, 
I'll have one of those and a burrito, please. Twitter, Twitter has struggled for a while to figure out their path because, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you stand on this, they are a for-profit business, and they mm-hmm. are trying to make money. Right. And they've got to find ways to do that. And it's very expensive to run a global communication platform like Twitter. It takes massive amounts of data, hardware, data centers, communication networks. It it ain't easy. And then you got to deal with the policing of uh, inappropriate activities on right. said platform. Right. And Twitter has tried some things in the past. I mean, I remember when Leo Laporte was a big uh, force behind Twitter. Um, He's a famous guy in the tech industry, Jay. And they did Periscope. And Periscope was kind of the first version of live live streaming. And it was a good idea. And look, like it's a big deal now. Like We live stream. YouTube does live streaming. Mm -hmm. We have versions of that in Facebook and all these other places. It's definitely a popular thing. But Periscope never took off because it kind of didn't know how to position it, right? Right. And so you're in this predicament here where Twitter's got to do something. And if they don't, uh, they're they're just not going to be profitable. And so how do you make it profitable but make it not suck, right? And that's what you're worried about. Yes. But I I think that... Elon, sorry, excuse me for buttoning in on that, but I think that Elon, the 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 brilliance of his his business, how he's been able to come out and sell as many yeah. all electric vehicles, put rockets into space, come you know, I mean, I think that these if you're gonna bring someone in that understands how to go out there and get get followers and bring people in right to, in droves. He's a guy that could could give you a lot of ideas on how to do that, but there were some things that I that that, that were written in Bloomberg about it, and it was their opinion that said that uh, Twitter's functionality has always been kind of kludgy, um, and I get that uh, search editing, sharing tools, um, they have improved at a painfully slow pace. Um, it hasn't served the company's users or investors very well. Twitter still hasn't fully figured out how to manage advertising and marketing on the platform either. Musk could bring fresh thinking to these yeah, problems. Yeah, I mean, look, so you know, you and this is the thing that my wife and I talk about is um, she'll go, did you see this person tweeted this thing? And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, just go check their Twitter feed. And it's, you know, it's, I always get bit by this. Like, you know, Twitter will post, uh, if you go to a specific Twitter profile, user profile, Right. It's not always chronological. Like you'll get a couple things that they posted today and then there might be like a pin tweet or the pin tweet might be first and it might be from a month ago. And then there's some other stuff. And then the stuff that they did three days ago is actually down underneath the stuff that maybe happened, you know, five days ago. It, it gets weird. Right. So right. I can see that point. I, I got some bad news for you, though, Jay. And I think you already know this. And this is probably why you. Had I'm going to get a chance for the good news first or bad news first. I just I, get, I don't I just know that there news. is. I I think it's going to change. It's inevitable. I don't think yeah. it's you know it's going to be it's inevitable. It's this is just what we were talking about with the with the EV movement, right? It's going. Right. It has to happen. Yeah. If they're not going to stay stagnant, if they do, they'll go under. True. And they know that. I agree with that. And so I think there's change coming. I think it's probably some of it might be good. Some of it might suck. And that's the thing that you're worried about, right? Is, right. you know, sort of I've selling s- your soul to the devil. Because let's be honest, we all like watching a YouTube video. 
by the way, youtube.com forward slash parts counter gurus. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, change it from red Please. to gray. Um, and then in the you know first five minutes in, and you're watching some like ad for like battle warships, right? Like, I mean, right. that's what I came to YouTube for, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah, but some sort of toe fungus stuff or something, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. Right. And, but that, I mean, I get it. You know, what's the old saying, uh, Keith? Uh, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, right? Yeah. You know, it ain't, it ain't really free. No such um, thing in nature as a free lunch. Correct. Right? As and, Dr. And Drew the, always right. says. And, and, and the bottom line is, is that, and we've talked about certain business models in the past where, you know, like when I was a kid growing up, teenager, there was, there was a speaker company um, that, built they claimed to have a lifetime they gave a lifetime warranty on it and they claimed it it was built so good that you'd never have to worry about it well that's the case it was so good that it just they basically drove themselves out of business you know there was no repeat there was no return business because they built it so the business model was not conducive for return um business and in order to be successful in business you have to have a return customer you have to have you have to keep people coming back and coming back and wanting to come back. And if not, somebody else is going to step in and they're going to create that need. Um, and then next thing you know, you slip away. And that is exactly why Facebook and, and then you have the Instagram. Um, they came together with Instagram and now you have Meta taking them both over. And that platform, both of those platforms, they change so much till I'm not even re really sure if I remember how it worked yesterday. Because, it, it, you know, you wake up every day and it's some sort of new function going on or something. And that, again, that's my fear with Twitter is that you won't get some of the candidness that, that you used to get or are getting now, which I like. Um, but, you know, where do you cross the line with with that, too, Keith? Is like, you know, because they've pulled some accounts down for things that were said. You know, is that overstepping their boundaries? But as a company... Uh, you know, as someone who who runs the company, do they have the right to do that? I mean, this is a new. The guy ahead of Twitter right now is new, right? Because was it was it Darty or Daltrey or whatever? Yeah, it's been whatever his name. Yeah, there's been some like transi last yeah. transitions, and for a lot of good reasons. Um, and I think that that was due to a lot of friction between he and some politicians over the last, uh, say, three four years. And um, that 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 he was he pretty much was forced out of there for a lot of a lot of so, things. So yeah, and again, a lot of this has to do with growing. It's a it's a it's a publicly traded company. You have mm -hmm. to show return on your investment. Shareholders are the customers. Like, what are you going to do for those shareholders? Now, I it's will true. say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with this guy from Bloomberg. Uh, I'll give you his name in a minute. Um, but I'm 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 holding a spot on the page here that I want to read a quote from what this, this the article. So I'm reading yep. the article that was in Bloomberg about this about mm -hmm. Elon joining the board. And yeah. this is the kind of stuff, Jay, that I was talking about when we started the program. And I said, you know, people read. We were talking about April Fool's jokes and how many right. people just read stuff. And okay, and I'm gonna. I'm going to take a pretty bold stance here. So this guy, uh, th I, let me just read this paragraph. It's short. You guys, this is, I, I'm going to make a point here. Uh, he says, now Musk is a shareholder and director of a public company, Twitter, with a platform he has used in the past pr to promote his own company, Tesla, and his financial holdings, cryptocurrencies. This guy uses a lot of parentheses. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Uh, 
Will he be live tweeting Twitter's board meetings or sharing non-public information about its finances? That's likely. <laughs> Will Agral be Musk's sock, sock puppet instead of his protege? Also likely. In that context, Agral's tweets about Musk's arrival smack of Stockholm Syndrome. Why are those likely? What's your basis for that? Like, yeah. you really he, think... Now, hang on just a second here. So you're telling me you really think Elon Musk is a big enough idiot to go live stream shareholder... or uh, I'm sorry, uh, board meetings, Twitter yeah. board meetings? Yeah. I'm not saying he's not going to make mistakes, but he's not a freaking idiot. Like, right. He's, this a, is, he's a somebody, solid businessman. Somebody's yeah. going to read this and think, oh, and that's the way I think, right. too, without right. any objectivity. This guy yeah. whose name happens to be Timothy, Timothy? L. O'Brien, who yeah. writes for Bloomberg. I, you're just inciting trouble, man. This is so yeah. irresponsible. And, and I don't, don't disagree that. with that. I, I read that, and that is not... When I found out about this happening, that is the was the furthest from my mind that that he would be doing things like that. It was more or less what changes are he is he going to make to the platform? Yeah. That's my concern. The usage of it, because I'm a user of Twitter and that's the thing. But this guy, I, I get it. I would say he's this probably is Bloomberg, man. This is yeah, yeah. freaking Bloomberg throwing out. Hey, times are changing, man. I think Bloomberg might even be the new TMZ or something or, or whatever. Or so, what, is, it, is that what it is? Yeah, TMZ not, that's or true. Yeah. Not, not to say that Musk probably will have missteps. He probably will. Uh, Who doesn't? He's got a long history of that sort of stuff with the SEC. Who doesn't? And, you know, he does like to talk. Mm -hmm. But... Like saying some ridiculous things like he's going to be live streaming board meetings. And I mean, I well, uh. it is an opinion based article. We know that. And there are some facts in here about what's what's what went down. Uh, but the rest of it is just his opinion on what he thinks is going to be happening during that whole tenure. But I don't I don't think that's the case. And the guy kind of I'm makes my point for me. I mean, the, the the subline of his you know article is how will Elon Musk change Twitter? The company's largest shareholder now also has a seat on the board and his presence has both pluses and minuses. Right. So let me just again, the company's largest shareholder now also has a seat on the board. OK, so mm -hmm. let me make sure I understand this, Jay. The guy that owns the most pieces of the company now also has a say in that company. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how it works, Whoa. right? Gosh. Duh. <laughs> Can't imagine that a guy like Elon Musk would spend money and expect something in return. Right. Or want yeah. a say in how his money is used. That's kind of how it works. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> nice job on that byline. And to, to his point, though, pluses or minuses, of course there will be pluses and minuses. That's how it works. I mean, if you're coming in to add to what the current um, product is to improve upon it, then, yeah, there's going to be some minuses. There's going to be some pluses. Um, you know, I got to I got to we got to move on for I say we gotta something move on insulting this. about J school offering anybody a diploma these days. All right. Anyway, I. <laughs> all right. Who's school? School of Journalism. J school. Oh, J school. Oh, see, that's a new term. I, I, yeah, I went to uh, I went to a university that happened to have one of the most prominent J schools in the country at the time. And I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not a I'm not a journalist per se. So I don't I don't live and breathe that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of consider myself more of a researcher and um, 
and discuss on. So you deal in facts. I deal not in entertainment. Facts. I try to deal in facts. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder. When you tell our audience that, yeah. it, it's getting harder and harder with, with these types of things. You know, Keith and I research this stuff, and, and I have been okey-doked a couple of times on some stories. Yeah. Um, and Keith has gone, dude, did you read this? I'm like, uh, yeah. Okay, but this is, this is, I'm like, oh, man, I totally went right over my head. You know, and so people have to be careful. And that's a big point that we're trying to make here today with some of the information. It's 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 definitely misinformation. Um, and you, so you got to be careful. And we try to filter through those things for you before we get it to you. So and try to have good, good common discussion about it. So anyway, so there you go. Uh, Twitter is uh, looking to uh, improve upon its um, its current platform. And I wish Elon the best. And I would like to reach out to you, uh, Elon, right now and tell you to please don't screw it up, man. I like it the way it's working. But, you know, if you want to add an edit button or back button or whatever, and I can, you know, just, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, just say At the counter show. That's our Twitter yeah. handle, everybody. Oh, that is. That's right, man. Good job. See, I'm, I'm totally off my game today. All one word. Okay. At the counter show. At the counter show. That is us. Now, um, I'm going to bring up another topic that, is near and dear to you. Um, and it's DeLorean. There was another announcement um, in the news um, about DeLorean. And um, we now have a reveal date, Keith. Did you know that? Oh, I know. And I have some things to say about that. We've got some we've got some fans of our, our YouTube channel that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dip into the mailbag mailbag here in just a minute just a few comments for you that's excited about it as well he's he might even be just more excited as you all right do you want to do the proverbial good news bad news how do you how do you want me to like do you want me to just you know go on a tirade just about go like, on a tirade let's go let's okay. make it fun and then and then we'll end on the on the positive is that is that kind of how you want to play this or you know sure okay sure. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Captain Picard or as they call him on, on the new series, JL, uh like I'm gonna I'm gonna let him say what I was gonna say. What the hell are you doing here? So what the <laughs> hell are you doing here, DeLorean? You've right. announced what it's August what, August eighteenth? It's August so 18th. random I can't even remember. August eighteenth. Right. So they're gonna unveil the new DeLorean on August eighteenth, right? Right. What? They are. Everybody knows it's October 26th. Right. What the hell are you guys thinking? Right. Yep. There is no question on what day it should have been completely um, unveiled. If you guys, hey, uh, DeLorean Motor Company, if you guys are looking for a marketing team, <laughs> um, reach out to us, uh, parscounterguru.com, contact us. Uh, here we are. I know, man. I saw that too, and I'm like, why in the August, world? Would random. You... Now, August, I'm sorry. Is it is it the 18th it's, or the 21st? It's, it's the it's the 21st was the official, but they're going to actually reveal it on the 18th. Okay. So we're going to see it on the 18th, and they're going to have it on display on the 21st um, at the uh, awards ramp at the Pebble Beach uh, Concourse d'Elegance. Uh, the prototype. So it's going to be a Pebble be, Beach. Okay, that's going to be a Pebble Beach. Yeah, the uh, the prototype vehicle will be displayed there um, at the Pebble Beach Concept Lawn on the twenty first. All right, let me do you on one better. 18th, so. Let me do you Go one ahead. better. Okay. Go ahead. Now I know I know what you might be thinking, Jay. You might be thinking, well, they had to do it because that's when Pebble Beach happens. 
Right. And they felt like they would get the most visibility out mm-hmm. of that, right? Right, right. If you do it on October 26th, what's a week later? Oh. SEMA. You know, you're, you're, you're looking more and more and smelling more like a genius every day, Keith. <laughs> I, I didn't even think it did. I did not even, it did not even dawn on me. I thought about SEMA, but not the connectivity of the dates. So yeah, it's a week later. Now, I mean, roughly 10 days. Yeah. Well, you know, it depends days. on the year. Right. But yeah, it's yeah. typically the first full week in November. Last it, year it started on no, November 1st, November 1st. And I have been in Vegas for SEMA for Halloween. Uh, during setup and prep, yeah, um, and you know the first day of the show would be you know on the first or whatever. So we, we we've done this show together a few times. So um, yeah, and you know what, man, it's like I thought about that and I'm like, well, is there going to be maybe another major announcement after that reveal um, on the 18th? And well, if it ain't time travel, it ain't gonna. I mean, there ain't much you can do <laughs> after that announcement to sort of steal the stage, right? Right, right. But here's the bigger picture of this, guys. Keith and I on the on the last podcast, we were excited about it. We brought this information to you, and uh, the company has said uh, in a, in a formal statement that um, its new EV sports car uh, will be a driver's car and not a time capsule. Uh, and the first of what could be a full lineup of electric vehicles, which is smart. Yeah. So, so now the for the good line news, is right? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so this is this is the positive. So it looks like so we got to look at the the rear quarter of the vehicle mm-hmm. on the driver's side. Yep. And uh, let's just pick this sucker apart, man. I see exposed metal. Yes. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I do. So back to when we originally broke this news, and by the way, you can find that podcast, and I think we even did a... We've done several DeLorean video segments on YouTube. Right. Make sure you're right. subscribed. If you are looking for the podcast, it's on our website at partscounterguru.com. Yep. Uh, YouTube, obviously, at YouTube, we are the Parts Counter Gurus. So I said, um, I need to have a version of this that is exposed metal. Yep. And, and Jay said... It, yes, but uh, some people don't want to deal with stainless steel, so you need to offer something else. Uh, that could still be the case, but at the very least, it does look like they are going to have a, an exposed metal version. Yes, they are. Um, and I was excited about that when I learned that this this was happening, and then they showed the teaser image. And I'm like, yes. All I mean, right, if that's, that's painted, it's I see imperfections like you would see in... in I do as well. If you look right, um, uh, the edge of the tail light, how it yep. extends that's over exactly into the body. That's exactly where I saw it. Yep. That's where I saw it as well, which leads me to believe that it is a, um, um, a metal uh, exterior, um, like a stainless. So I hope so, it is. Yeah. So that, w- that would be so awesome. So here we go. So, um, cl- cl- so it does look exotic in sort of how they've done the tail lights. You see how they extend across multiple body parts, body pieces. Yep. Which is normal for electric vehicle these days. Yep. Uh, it does look, it appears to be a hatchback of some mm-hmm. sort. Um, yep. So uh, that could t- potentially is a little bit different than, you know, its predecessor, right? Because it, it didn't have a rear hatch, I don't think. Um, or did actually, it? Actually, it Wait did. A um, well, it ha- I know it had the louvers in the back window. Yeah, but, but I, I don't I think it... I don't think it I thought it was up. a hatch. I don't know. How did they get to the? Uh, didn't didn't Doc like lift the, the hatch? And, okay, Maybe there's the gold wing doors. 
Um, okay, coming so up, coming up on a future podcast. Yeah, right. Louvers, <laughs> louvers. It does appear to have louvers. Talking about the right. new version, at least mm-hmm. in the in the shot that I mean, they give you a pretty good look at the rear section of the car, almost to the center line of the rear of the vehicle, almost. Right. Okay. Right. Um, looks to have a really wide stance, looks really low to the ground, so that yells and screams performance, right? Absolutely, and they state that, yes. Um, what what else? What am I missing here? Still going to have the gold wing doors. Everything about it is is just a modern version of that iconic vehicle from the 80s, except it's going to be an electric vehicle, and obviously it, it's, it's designed to be a sports car. It won't be a clug. You know, or, a, you know, just a slug. Um, mm-hmm. It's not going to have the Peugeot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, look, he was he was working with what he had. He had a lot of time constraints and he had to put the vehicle out. And I, we, we get it. He bootstrapped um, that company, right? Like that much. was he was basically a door to door salesman trying to yeah. m- make a production automobile. Talking about John. Right. DeLorean. So here's what I liked about this. And they get into this in the article. It's um um, with a brain trust behind the fortified company, including people from Tesla and Karma, uh, the new EV now promises to offer more than back to the future nostalgia. Um, and they go on to say, will this be what DeLorean needs to relaunch? My opinion, yeah. Yeah. So you had right. suggested previously that they were they would be wise to lean on some of these existing EV manufacturers for their platform knowledge, and it looks Absolutely. like that is happening. Yeah, it's it's the way it it is the way to get it done. Um, if you try to do it all yourself, especially with a company that that has struggled over the years to just to find their identity again, um, not a whole lot of financial backing. Um, I think they just became incorporated. Um, so, and they're not public yet, as far as I know. Have I would watch that, that closely. And we've talked about that um, mm-hmm. because I think it's coming. And I, I, this is the same thing we just talked about with Twitter. It's going to be an expensive endeavor for them to shoulder on their own. I, I don't see how they can pull this off. You know, right. if, if Rivian, I mean, I just... Mm, you know, Rivian had to do it early. I, yeah, I just. Can I read a comment from someone on this particular yeah, article? Go for I it. thought was kind of funny. So we yeah. got one guy, and his name is uh, uh, TX Lake Dude, <laughs> Texas Lake Dude, yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> he goes, haha, bet they will become the new Volkswagen car for the masses. Tesla won't do it. Too busy sticking their noses in everybody's business nowadays, it seems. Bored billionaires are far worse than COVID and the plague. Oh, hey, my God. I, this is not a car for the masses, and they've repeatedly said that this is a, directly. This is a VIP vehicle, man. This is this is, this is is somewhat... Look, it, I'm, I'm sitting across from a VIP right now who I hope owns one of these, and he and I can go on that cross-country... Uh, race, uh, what is it that starts in New York City all the way? Uh, to- well, the, obviously the Cannonball Run was Cannonball based Run? on it, but it's uh, yeah. I forget. It's uh, the, it's the name of the garage that they start in in uh, right, which I forget. New York. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. So, um, yeah, Where's that guy, p- that guy's Where's not reading de- details, man. I mean, he's like no. they. All you got to do is directly go to the tweet, go to the horse's mouth. Delorean is telling you it's yeah. a VIP car. They're it, this is not going to be, dude. What what rock have you like? <laughs> right. 
And by the yeah. way, back to the so the rear it, technically it wasn't. We're both right. The engine was back there. It, it was there, there, there. It was a it's hatch, there. but it was the engine hatch. You couldn't right. access the vehicle from that back section. Yeah, All just right? like a Pontiac Fiero or yeah. you know oh, any, any of those. How dare you? Yeah. Well, that was a Fiero oh, into the same conversation oh, as uh, that was Lord. a bad. I mean, you got you know any more what? interesting tweets that I can make fun of? <laughs> yeah, as bad, yeah, as bad as that car was, Keith. People love that thing, man. Oh, I know. Fiero. Well, there it was so it was the poor that, man's, uh, you know, Trans Am or whatever. Well, right? when it was not catching fire or overheating, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was it was not too bad, you know. But um, yeah, let's see if we got another one. Uh, well, here's a guy who says they're going to make uh, only one for Back to the Future Part Five. I think they should make two just in case the first one fails to disappear before hitting a building. Okay, dude, Come crack on. pipe down. Right. What, whatever you're, you know, might want to hit the, uh, you know, <laughs> the devil's lettuce a little less. Uh, they're not going to make another Back to the Future. They, <laughs> everyone that was involved in the, in the, they've repeatedly said it ain't happening. Uh, Zemeckis owns the rights to it. He's said no. It's not over his dead body. And even then, he's taken steps to make sure it doesn't happen. Right. Uh, so it, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Hear, it ain't happening. You want to hear the funniest one? And this sure. is this is great. And, you know, for those of you know, who know the history of, of DeLorean Motor Company and John DeLorean, you, you'll love this. Um, this guy's uh, handle here is Elon's Backdoor Musk. <laughs> he says, oh, I can't wait to hear this. He goes, I heard its driving modes will be eco, normal, sport, and blow. <laughs> <laughs> all right that, that is clever dude that's that's a good one that's an intelligent it. yeah if you're gonna have some fun make it an educated yeah right I like it and yeah. we, we all know the reference there and we get it and uh poor john delorean <laughs> but man he was a visionary when it came to that and it was a great iconic car and it's only a shame that he didn't really reap the rewards so to speak of of what's going to be happening now so is he he's dead he, he passed yeah, away he died now, uh couple decades ago. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, well, good luck, DeLorean. We'll um, be on this, you guys. I yes. am. I am. Uh, if I can get down to Pebble Beach. Um, I got I to gotta, I gotta say this carefully because my other people might hear me in the family and I can't. Probably going to pre-order one. And so you guys just, uh, just make sure you <laughs> hit the subscribe button as more information becomes available, you can be sure that I will be on top of it. Jay and I we will We will be doing that live. Keith will order one. Wait a minute. Keith will order one. Well, they can't hear you. It's all okay. right. I got the, that's why I got, got the cans it. on. Oh, right? yeah, she's, yeah. oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, see. And we've established. Well, like, she's going to hear us she, after yeah, she, she doesn't listen to the to podcast. It. You're fine. Yeah, she does. I've seen the comments. <laughs> she does. She doesn't like you very much either. I'm telling you. She's <laughs> What? You guys <laughs> Just Sounds like you two are having some conversations with, without me being involved. Oh no 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 no! It's all over the public, man. You need to read. You need to read this. Is that on Twitter? <laughs> it's on a tweet. When I'm tweeting, she's tweeting. Um, so, wow. Uh, since we kind of dug in deep there, and we talked a little bit about you know some of the comments made, you know about the new DeLorean coming out. Run I've got a little. <laughs> yeah. I've got a little mailbag um, action coming up. Oh, mailbag? Can we do some mailbag? Ooh. Live. 
I can throw, I can throw, I can throw a biff in there to mix it up. What are you looking at, butthead? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. So as you guys know, Keith and I <laughs> keep going. We have this occasional need to give deep into our mailbag, and these are comments from our YouTube channel on specific videos that we might post. And if sometimes uh, you you can leave us a we have an ask us a question tab on our website where you can literally send us your thoughts directly from you to us. Right. That's over on our website at partscounterguru.com. Just click on the ask us a question tab and uh, it and and dispatch with your thoughts. Absolutely. So we're going to start since we were just, you know, discussing DeLorean. Um, you can go to our YouTube page, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash partscounterguru's and you can watch this video about the new DeLorean EV is what we called it an EV before they officially called it an EV, by the way. Can I have a... Where's I hate to say I told you so. I hate it when I'm right. Um, but I love what his response was to this. He just simply says, finally. And I had to check to see, is this, is this like one of your aliases? But I don't think it is. Um, DeLorean Baker um, is, is the handle here. He goes, finally... And then in another uh, uh, comment, he goes, not a human living more excited about this than me. I um, might take I, issue with you on that. but Exactly, uh, yeah. and that's where I was going with that. But um, I, I, I share your enthusiasm. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. So uh, in another mailbag uh, post here, um, we uh, talked several times about the, uh, the new uh, U.S. Postal Service truck that um, gets like a half a mile better um, mileage uh, per gallon. Yeah, it's not an EV. Um, not super emission friendly. Um, and it happens to be built by a government um, contractor, a uh, military contractor called Oshkosh. Um, yeah. And so uh, I'm going to give this guy a little bit of um, a little bit of airtime here on this. Um, because we talked about how the Postal Service has just basically failed miserably yeah. at, at this thing. And uh, he goes, um, uh, groups like Zeta fighting for uh, uh, United States Postal Service NGDV mail delivery vans to replace decades-old fire risk Grumman LLV, still perhaps naively hoping Congress will avoid Oshkosh deal, force... Uh, RFP do over uh, PS. So that's a request for proposal. That that Correct. is. Uh, I, I've actually worked with some of those. Are you familiar with that process? I am okay. absolutely. Yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Well, so oh, for I've, those of I've, you that aren't, what he's talking about is the government would go back out and say we are taking bids and proposals for a solution. In this case, a new mail vehicle. Tell right. us what you would do, what it would cost, and basically write. You know, give us a proposal. Right. Okay. As and as one, why I'm familiar with it is, and you are too, is we've run businesses and we've been in positions to where we yep. have had to uh, collect those proposals. Um, so there you go. And then he goes, "How come only defense contractors get mail truck contracts?" That's a good question. I know. Why? I mean, this is going to be you know riddled with sarcasm and you know basically what you would expect from me, but. Um, 
because the auto manufacturers know it's a money pit and it's a losing mm-hmm. bid and they just have no interest in it. Why would they? Why would they bother? Yeah. Now, fleet vehicles are different. Like a whole bunch so, of F-150, you know, trucks that you sell to the electric company or government agencies or police cars. That's different because those are very similar in design and manufacturing process. A mailbag, uh, mailbag, a mail, mailbag's what we're doing now. Mail truck is what we're talking about. A mail truck right. is a unique vehicle. Mm-hmm. You can't modify an F-150, right? You have to build True. a standalone purpose-built vehicle. Right. And for the budget that the postal service has in their offering, the only people willing to take on that basket full of snakes is a defense contractor. Right. Yeah, I get that. And but it's kind of funny though. I mean, where you know that your a Fords, non-automotive manufacturer is the only one willing to build right. an automobile. I mean, yeah. How many times do we have to fall flat on our face here? I mean, think about it. This, Something's got to change. Okay, you, so I'm Ford, and I don't want to bid on that contract because it's really not a win situation for yeah. me. Well, let's just give it to another government um, contractor because you know. The government tends to kind of fail, and so does the other. Uh, you, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's a sad wow. situation, man. It is a very sad situation. And, and, so. and, the, and the thing that drives me crazy that we've said before on previous segments about that vehicle is we just continually keep doing the same thing. We keep writing checks to the Postal Service. They keep losing money, and then we come back here every year or two and go, we got to do it again, guys. We got to do it all over again. We got to do it over again. We got to do it again. Right. It's freaking Groundhog Day. It is, man. Like, can we please really learn is. to change something? Right. Exactly. You know, it's like the new Hummer EV, for example. Um, the technology that's in that thing, I would have sworn that, you know, GM would have would have been just pulled over and said, hey, this thing is quiet. It's got a lot of technology. Geez, our guys might be able to use this. Yeah. You know, I thought it might be a big hit. We'll, that, and that remains to it be could. seen. It could. It could. It could, yes. And usually how those go, Jay, is, you know, somebody will sort of unofficially start using it in the application and it'll catch yeah. on and then people will start asking for it. Right. And and that's where that could go. Right. And by the way, that was uh, Doug Grinberg's uh, who commented on, on our... Sounds on like our, Doug has some uh, either family or around. some postal experience. I think he's been yeah. around. He knows what he's talking about. So appreciate your comment there, guy. Um, now... Um, we all like to go to the story that that happens to be the gift that just keeps on giving. And that would be the video that we did on Knight Rider and Kip coming back to the big screen possibly. Yeah. And we asked everybody, well, what would you want it to be? You know? So, uh, Jason Kaleo says to us, um, there were some guys that created a package for the new Camaros in and converted into a Trans Am. So that would be the way to go. Besides, you know they need extra stunt cars going. Exotic wouldn't be good to, and too pricey. Well, that's a fair uh, for those point. stunt cars to get damaged and wrecked. Yes, yeah, they absolutely do. You right. have to use a lot. They have to build a lot of yep. extra vehicles. However, Jason, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you because a lot of those stunt vehicles aren't full vehicles. It's just a shell, right? Yeah, they're shells. Yeah, like that's not really the you know like l- let's say you're using a Ferrari as a stunt car. Like it's usually not even really a Ferrari engine, and you know like the powertrain, none of that. It, the drive could even be a kit. Could even be a kit. Yeah, yeah a it's just kit. a body yeah. sitting on top of it. So true. It's so the logic that. It's going to cost as much as a brand new like um, Ferrari. It, it isn't necessarily true because those are purpose-built stunt cars. 
There you go, man. Who you know something new every day, right? Bugatti. If you use a Bugatti in the movie and you have to have seven of them, uh, there's probably only one that's an actual Bugatti. Right. Yeah. I, you know. I get it. I, I mean, fair point, Jason. Fair point. I. I I'm gonna boy. I, I'm not gonna offer an opinion on uh, what I want to see Kid as yet. I think I'll make everybody wait another six could, months. I could go with the. Um, you know, uh, you do have a, and I've seen the conversions to the Trans Ams uh, in the new Camaro yeah. body style. It looks pretty good, you know. And all it is a front, you know, front clip, rear clip where they've put the rear tails in the front, uh, yeah. you know, the front end that looks like the old school uh, Trans Am. They paint it black and they throw the, you know, the Phoenix on the hood and it's it's all good. Put some T-tops on it. It looks great. I've seen it. It was actually, I was, I was at a performance racing industry show uh, in Orlando, this is when it was back in Orlando many years ago, and it was right after the Camaro came back. Yeah, the car that and almost wasn't, right? Correct. They yeah. had two versions of that. One was they had converted into the Trans Am, uh, but another one that they had converted into a uh, replica Judge GTO. Hmm. Looked pretty good. It was a modern version of that. So, Wow. So that's it for the mailbag today, guys. Unless, of course, Keith, you have something. I would take that as a no. Keith has nothing to add to the stories today. So thank you once again for listening to Mailbag. He's dead, Joe. <laughs> I love it. I love you got your sound drops back, man. Yeah, man. I absolutely love it, man. Okay, so where are we going now, Keith? Uh, dealer's where, choice. Where are we going? I mean, there's there's one we could just avoid completely. Um, or well, just dive. Let's what save, do you want to let's talk? Save, uh, let's save that one. Let's save the one you're thinking about for next time because I feel I, like we we may not have the time we need to get into it. Okay. Well, then you lead off, sir. Well, no, that's not fair. You just did back to me what I did to you, and now I'm just going to turn around and do it. Just pick something. Go um, where you want to go. Uh, well, I just know that it's it, it's going to take a lot of conversation, but let's talk about it. Hydrogen. Okay. How much time you got? I, until we finish this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we're not talking gravity. Not by John Mayer. We're talking oh, right. hydrogen. Yeah. yeah, okay. Wow, John okay. Mayer reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, he was just out this way, man, and uh, some, some, some family went to see John Mayer, said he was fantastic. Um, okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, hydrogen internal combustion engines and why? That's my big question. And, you know, I don't know if you guys had seen some of the recent news, but Ford has patented a hydrogen-fueled combustion engine. Um, and when I started reading this, I was trying to scratch my head on why they would do this. Um, and then I later have thoughts on that. Yep. And later days, uh, after that particular um, article came out, uh, someone else got a hold of that information and said, could a future Mustang run on hydrogen? Uh, Ford patents turbocharged hydrogen combustion engine, which, by the way, if you're going to have a hydrogen combustion engine, internal combustion engine, um, turbocharging it is really about the only way you can get to some sort of efficiency and, and power uh, because the amount of oxygen that it takes to get into there, um, the, the the fuel ratio is is for oxygen, for it to be completely free of NOx or nitrogen uh, as a um, emission, uh, you would have to almost double the amount of uh, oxygen it gets into. Okay, there, so. so you're gonna start. Okay, so this is this is where 
You're going to start this whole thing well, with inefficiency of hydrogen. Good. No, let's let's do right. this. And that's okay. why I wanted to bring that that up, because that's that is the basis Jumping of this. Jumping right into the deep end. OK. Alligators the, this, and snakes and all. All right. Here exactly. <laughs> because there's other types. Uh, there's other ways to get there. But I'm, I'm just scratching my head. And the reason why is because, you know, Toyota and Yamaha did the same thing back uh, earlier in Couple, the year or yeah, last year. What, it was, yeah, it was a while back. Yeah. So you got Ford now after Toyota and Yamaha mentioned that they were developing a um, hydrogen power V8 to to basically demonstrate uh, how internal combustion engines can survive in a world without fossil fuels, um, which really is not completely accurate fully. And when we talk about a world free of fossil fuels, that would mean from wheel or from well to wheel. All right, that but they mean yeah, yeah, out. yeah. But they yeah, okay, fair point. But they mean like you know, the engine. They right. mean cars that don't run on gasoline or diesel, right? Correct. So, and yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying that, that we're, and we're going to get into this right. on why, why I, I, I'm just trying to wrap my brain I, around why. I think I know. Okay. And I could Go. be wrong. Okay. But I also could be coming back to this segment, of, you know, in six months to a year from now with a, a drop from Bert. <laughs> Um, right. So I'll take that. The, the issue. So let, let's lay let's lay out what Jay's not saying here, everybody. What Jay's not saying and, and he he knows um, this is kind of assumed knowledge is that these hydrogen engines notoriously aren't as efficient as at all um, the existing internal combustion engines. Now, you was talking about power output a little bit ago and turbocharging them and all mm. that. And that's right. you know, that's all pointing to the same thing, which is. You're not getting the fuel efficiency, the bang for your buck, if you will, out of a, out of a hydrogen engine that you you are out of a gasoline engine. Because the other thing that Jay also knows is that these hydrogen engines aren't anything new. They've been around for a long time. Long time. Jay's done work on them and has helped design parts for them and all that stuff. So this isn't anything new. And I think you, you've said that part of it as well. It's not anything new. Okay. To the point to where your, peop, your manufacturers like Cummins... Who yeah. is heavy into diesel, right? Obviously, both commercial, agriculture, and so on. That they are working heavily in that, that yeah. area as well. So why, right? So why? So even more kind of perplexing, knowing what Jay knows, and now you you all know part of what Jay knows. So now we're all on the same page, at least theoretically. Okay, I'm trying to get everybody here and united in the room, and then I'm going to take you down a little path here. Okay, so. Um, you know, the thing about Ford splitting their business into two divisions where they're doing basically an electric side and, and, and the other side, whatever that is, it's hydrogen, it's gas, it's all the above. Right. But they're, they have an EV side of their business and then they have the, the other product. Okay. Right. So these guys know, and I think they all know, I think Toyota knows, Yamaha knows, Ford knows, uh, that they're dealing with a couple issues here. Number one. The writing is on the wall for the internal combustion engine. That um, regardless of when, there will be a time in the future where Ford's not, that's not going to be their meat and potatoes. Right. You know, they're going to, they're going to have to diversify or they'll die. That's correct. Now, they also know, and, and they being, you know, not just Ford, but Toyota, Yamaha, Stellantis, all of them, I think have figured this out or are starting to, that they can't put all their eggs in the EV basket. 
And Jay and I have said on this very program many times, and if you don't believe us, go to our website at partscounterguru.com and subscribe to the podcast and go back and listen, that this current generation of EVs is a transition stage, that there is a limited amount of output you're going to get out of these current lithium batteries. They're very volatile. This is not the end solution. It's a transition. And at some point in the near future, probably two, three years down the road, um, we're going to start having cars that are going to have to have full battery packs replaced. And that's going to, you know, we don't know the exact price of that, but we know it isn't going to be free. And we know it's... They're dropping in price as we speak. The costs are coming down. Uh, But we know it's going to be an expense. You know, what that expense is... It remains to be seen. It's not going to be $100, okay? And or what the technology will be to replace those batteries when that, that time Correct. comes as well. And will there be a drop in replacement and that sort Correct. of stuff, okay? And we're yep. moving towards like solid state batteries and, you know, alternate power platforms and all that. And you can call it what you want. You can call it Ultium. You can call it whatever VW is calling theirs. It's all the same. It's it's lithium-powered battery cells, okay? Right. So... um, This creates a need for an alternative, And even though the hydrogen solution isn't there today, meaning it doesn't have the power output, that it's not as efficient, all those things, it's definitely not as efficient from the power source to the to the wheel, to the tire as an EV. Um, But what about if we dump some R&D into this and see where we can get it in the next five years? Because there hasn't really been a concerted effort to move forward with hydrogen on a on a large scale. Right, hydrogen internal combustion engine. Right, not right. the fuel sorry. cell. The fuels, yeah. Just let's yeah, make sorry. sure that people yep. understand the hydrogen, difference between that and the fuel cell. Yep. Yeah, hydrogen combustion engine. Well, the ones that produce pure water as their correct. Yeah, okay. Right. So, I think that Ford says, Toyota says, you know, Yamaha. All these they say, let's see where this takes us because if it's not this, we've got to start from scratch, and we already have a starting point here, and we think mm-hmm. we can make it better. Right. That's what I think they're doing. Yeah, and and that is why I asked the question because I, I, you and I have not discussed this subject before today, right? Let's just give it, just throw that out there to our listeners. In terms because, of like, what the hell is Ford thinking with the right, exactly, you know, or, exactly? Yeah, as Picard you, would say, you know, what, what, what here? What the hell are you doing here? What the hell are you doing? What the <laughs> yeah, hell are you doing it. here? What There's the hell so are you many doing, different. Man? Yeah, what are you doing here? Right. No, we and have not. When when we already know that fuel cell. Um, hydrogen fuel cells work um, and obviously they are zero emissions with that mm-hmm. this this will not be but we have said in the past on this very podcast and thank you again for listening to our podcast it's parsecountyguru.com forward slash podcast links or just hit the podcast links on the main page when you get there if you're subscribed thank you if you're not please subscribe um, we have said that technology of today will not be the same technology of tomorrow. Performance applications may not look like a real thing for us to have in our lives right now, but typically if you pay attention to what's going on in the performance industry, those technologies will have a tendency to kind of get over into the consumers and trickle down. Exactly. I think that's kind of what you're actually seeing here is there's been a lot of experimentation, uh, like like Keith said, with Toyota. Ford's done it. Uh, I mean, I have a list of, I mean, there is a list of, um, uh, where's that at? I wanted to give it, oh, yeah. 
list of. I, I don't have it, but I, I will I will give it. But they're like Ford's been dabbling in this for years, decades. Toyota, all of them have been. Yeah. But again, they they haven't been able to quite figure out how to crack that. Well, they've cracked a nut, but the problem you have, bigger problem you have is, for example, when you are in a liquid hydrogen form, it has to have a tank to be in. Those things are huge. They're thick. They're expensive. They're heavy in order to store that, which you just don't have the luxury of having in a, in a, in a vehicle, um, which adds to the inefficiency of the vehicle overall, its power, you know, what it can do, those sorts of things. Um, so they haven't really kind of pushed at that. The infrastructure to go refill these things, all those things are a big deal. Um, but what I'm impressed with is that now you're seeing a major manufacturer in modern time mentioning the Ford Mustang internal combustion engine maybe being prolonged because that's what we love. If we can get this damn thing down to where it has virtually no emissions coming out of it, no knocks, yeah. and all they have to do, if they turbocharge it, they do all the right things, if they work with specific alloys to protect this, you know, like tanks that are maybe, I mean, you're talking, was it 10,000 PSI uh, amount of pressure in these things to get these things right. to work? Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of engineering that has to be figured out, right? So much. And now, that's why I ask, why now, right? Why now? Well, and there's another aspect to this, and this is a little bit more wishful thinking on my part, but I do, I do, I do think and believe that there is some truth to this. So if you look at the younger generations, like Sideshot, okay, mm-hmm. um, you guys that, uh, I, I, this is one of the reasons I hate Facebook. I see all your clever memes out there that you like to post these pictures on Facebook that basically you, you took about three seconds of thinking it through and then you, you right. post of the giant holes in the earth where they're uh, mining lithium and you're blaming all the EVs for that. Um, You're not wrong, but you better throw away your cell phones and laptops because those also use lithium batteries, as does most everything else that's rechargeable these days. Okay, so so knock it off with your clever memes because that's (laughs) very nearsighted. I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, like, you know, debate over how legitimate climate change and all that is. Right. But I will tell you that the younger generation basically now has recognized that we will approach a critical mass. And if you don't agree with that, if you think I'm wrong, that's fine. You'll be dead soon. And no one will believe what you think today because they have learned to recognize that we are approaching a critical mass and those younger generations are trying to do something about it. Not saying that the polar ice caps are going to melt. I'm not saying that. But at some point, we will run out of fossil fuels. It will happen. Yeah, it okay? will happen. We will reach a critical mass. We have to make a change. Okay, so yes. whether you think that is a million years from now or 100 years from now, that I'm not a scientist. I don't know. Okay, that, that remains to be debated, I guess. It's open for debate. Mm-hmm. But when I see companies like Ford doing something like this, this potentially addresses a step in the right direction of a cleaner product. Right. Because if they can get this whole hydrogen combustion engine figured out, it is much cleaner than even the electric battery situation that we have today. Which I would argue, depending on where your electricity comes from and the fact that you've got to dispose those batteries somewhere if you don't recycle them, yeah, you're, it's not zero emissions like they say on right. the ad. So I see your point, EV haters. I see your point, 
But you need to consider that going forward in the next couple decades, we're going to have to figure something else out. Absolutely. And when you have the ability to convert a gasoline engine out there to a hydrogen um, internal combustion engine. Yeah. That's these are technologies that again, racing technology that will trickle down to or performance technology that will trickle down to the consumer. Wouldn't you rather for, for you internal combustion engine lovers out there, wouldn't you rather have the option of you can you can either convert it to a hydrogen um, internal combustion engine or we're gonna take it out in the back and we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna put it to rest. That's it. I mean, I think that because at some point you know, the government is going to say you cannot burn a gasoline engine right. anymore. You cannot burn a diesel engine anymore. You have to either have well, hydrogen or uh, electric and vehicle. Here's here's the thing. Like this is this is the thing that makes me chuckle is people have this vision of like over oh, my dead body, like they're going to come mm-hmm. take your cars away, right? That's right. not how it's going to happen. No, no. They're no, going to they mandate from the from the at the business level with the manufacturing facilities, right. and they're going right. to say you can't make. Okay, so if you think I'm crazy, let me give you proof of what I'm talking about. They came through, what, uh, this almost two decades ago now and warned the automotive industry that they were going to start doing fleet mileage. Remember this, right. Jay? Right, I do remember that. And yep. they said, you got to meet a certain number. EPA did this. You have to have a certain miles per gallon in your fleet mileage, and it's going to favor heavily the higher fuel economy vehicles, like the smaller cars. Right. You can still make your big monster trucks. You can still make your delivery right. vans, your diesel trucks, whatever. But you need to hit a certain fleet mileage, meaning every car that you make, we're going to average right. out the total MPG. And if you don't, there'll be a severe penalty, right? Exactly. And so they mandated from the top at the manufacturing level, and that's how they will do it. That's right. how they're going to get rid of your internal combustion engines is they're going to limit the number of them that can be produced per year. The whole come and take it thing, they're not going to come take your cars. They're not. No. It's not no. how it works. They'll just they won't. let time take care of that for you. Yeah, I mean, and they will, they, will, they will make it very difficult for you to put that on the road uh, to own it. Yeah. You know, there will, there will be uh, taxes and or uh, a lack of the ability to be able to well, even license and it they will it just on the count road. on the fact that over time, those things will just be beyond repair and they will right. eventually just go away. Right. And again, you know, when I when I started looking into the to the deeper side of this thing and 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 it it's it's not uncommon for Keith and I to be on the same page on these things. I think he I, I guess you knew where I was going with this is that I, I kind of figured that you'd be on the same page, but then again I wasn't certain. But when you look at the state of of what's going on in the automotive the industry as a whole. We have to look at other alternatives. So this is the right time to be in, investing into R&D um, to get us to that next level with this, especially when there's so much factual information out there and there's so much that you can already work with. There, mm-hmm. there already is an existence components that will work in these environments. It's there. Um, we're selling them in engines now. So... Don't think that the technology is it's there. There's just a lot of hurdles that we're going to have to get over. And by going through the R&D process, they may crack that nut that would eliminate the potential for a huge uh, holding tank or uh, the amount of time that it may take for you to stop at a refueling station 
um, because those experiments have been occurring with the Toyota. Uh, Toyota's done it. Um, Honda's done it. Honda's done it. Ford's done it. And again, I was telling you about the list of, of, of people who are involved. Um, BMW's been working with it. Um, uh, many. I mean, uh, we hand- have public transportation systems that use oh, hydrogen now. I mean, absolutely they do. Yeah. yeah. But, and you think about it, and on the commercial side of things like that, this is why Cummins is involved in this. Because you look at the commercial side of it, Cummins is heavy into uh, bus engines, um, you know, what, what they call vocational type, yeah. uh, type vehicles, where they don't require so much that performance, if you will, that, uh, you know, they, they are more or less want reliability, no emissions. Um, and they can get away with that in a vocational type vehicle like that. Uh, or an off-road type vehicle because they're going to be, you know, they're going to try to phase diesel out at some point as well. So these bigger companies like your Fords who are heavy into fleets and like your Cummins who are heavy into fleets, it is wise for them to be doing this. Um, we did a segment not long ago with um, uh, Toyota's uh, side company that um, um, is, is working on the hydrogen fuel cell commercial uh, delivery vehicles. Hyundai is doing the same thing uh, in California. They've been awarded um, a contract in California for hydrogen fuel cell stuff. So, you know, all, the, the fuel cell aspect of it is a no-brainer. We get that. But how do we save the combustion engine? That is the focal point here. And I, I, and you got to start somewhere, right? I mean, yeah. even though in this article they state that, you know, even though there's a patent on it, this could be a generator that that could be charging, could be charging uh, the batteries. Yeah, you know? and you know, the, more than likely, uh, boy, this is this is now we're stepping really far off into the theoretical world. But you know, wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a dual uh, component system, like with a capacitor or something that. You know, maybe the the hydrogen powered engine produces power that then transitions over to an electric system, mm-hmm. and you're the two are working in tandem. You know, uh, Nissan was playing around with that, I think. Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, and and there you go. There's your generator. You know, you never have to rev up the RPMs. You leave it constant, right? You keep it stable. Yeah, and again, the comments that I don't like are people say, well, you know, it's, you know, I don't know why you're messing around with those batteries. Go, I would go hydrogen. Okay. All right. Tell us how to get there. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just not that easy, guys. So these are the kinds of things that have to happen. And it's it's pretty cool to see Ford getting getting into the game heavy again. Um, will it be in a Ford Mustang? I I I doubt it. I mean, I honestly do. I, I don't I don't think that that's that's where that's going to go. Um, but who knows? I may be wrong. Maybe it'll be in a fleet of F-150s or something. I mean, they've already, you've already got a, a Ford F-150 uh, all-electric uh, coming down the pike. So Ford is forward-thinking. Um, they've got the money to spend on R&D, so let's go there. So Yeah, I mean, if, if there's one thing that I could point to that Ford has been consistent with over the past two decades... Mm-hmm. Um, that's 20 years for you, mathletes. Um, <laughs> it's been their their innovation and their willingness to do the R and D, and and that got them through 
a recession when everybody else around them took bailout dollars from the U.S. government and Ford did not. Right. And they were the first to, I think, if I'm not mistaken, announce from the from the big three. So from mm-hmm. Ram, uh, whether you want to call it Chevy or General Motors and mm-hmm. Ford, uh, their electric pickup truck. Right. Right. Um, the truck. I'm not talking about the Hummer EV. I'm talking about a truck. Right. Mm-hmm. Ford yep. was first there. Ford was the first with the, the Mach-E in the crossover world, right? If I'm not mistaken, yes, yes, Chevy had their Bolt and their Volt, but those were not crossover class vehicles, if I'm not mistaken, right? right? Correct. Plus, they were small, shorter. Their uh, first generation of those was shorter ranges, more of a Nissan Leaf type. Right. Anyway, so Ford, my point is that Ford has Bronco, all this stuff. They've pushed forward with innovation, and they're willing to spend the R&D dollars to be the leader, and that's more mm-hmm. expensive than sitting back and waiting and reacting. Right. And so that tends to be the case of what I'm seeing here. Right. Right. It looks like they're trying to be innovative. Right. I I see that as well. And, you know, I like the again, where the author of the article went on this, you know, thinking Mustang, which makes sense because of the performance world. Could be. I mean, it's direct injection. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Could be turbo supercharged, turbocharged. I mean, there's an LS motor out there. I forget the guy's name that um, has one out there. um, Successful. You know, I think it's supercharged. I mean, the, the bottom line at the end of the day is getting uh, more in, in, in um, air in there uh, to get rid of the NOx at the end of the day. And when you do that, you you achieve zero emissions. So only thing, only byproduct at that point is water. So yeah, right. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting topic, and I want to continue to follow this and see where it goes as well. Well, Jay, um, if I wanted to uh, keep uh, keep in the loop there, what would I do to uh, to know? Well, Keith, it's funny you should ask that because we have this fancy website that you can go to. It's called PartsCountedGuru.com, and once you're there, you can navigate all across that page. One particular button that is very important would be podcast links. And when you're there, you can choose any platform you want. We're out there on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. We're on it. So choose your liking, subscribe. Uh, We try to put one out at least once a week, maybe sometimes every two weeks, but you're going to get entertained from here on, period. To infinity, man. We're going to keep doing this. So what you're Um, basically saying, Jay, is subscribe to infinity and beyond yes exactly um and subscribe make sure you subscribe also on our webpage, uh it'll take you there's a youtube uh icon up there you can click that if you don't click that you just want to go right to youtube go to youtube.com forward slash parts kind of gurus hit the subscribe button ring the bell also if you look on our website we've got a nice amazon banner there that if you click on that you drop something in your basket there and you buy that it helps us keep doing these shows, man, which I love. Um, and look, Keith, you, you're the best on descriptions of stuff that you've ordered, like the negligees and stuff, man. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, we, but, but we don't know what you as yeah. a consumer it's would buy. It's pretty boring we, this week. It's uh, dog treats and lamps and light bulbs. And, uh, <laughs> and how about a 12 pack of band aids, man, or something, uh, you know? Yeah, I, some yeah, laundry yeah. detergent. But even so, then, it would be anonymous. So if you, absolutely. you know, whatever you buy, it's, it's between you and Amazon, and uh, we don't, we don't, we don't know. And it helps us. It keeps us going. Um, So thank you if you've used that feature. Uh, If you haven't, you should. I know a lot of people that do. Um, And they're they're impressed with the service that they get. I don't know. I mean, that's one thing that Keith and I are big into is just customer service. 
So the service that we provide you, just that easy click of that Amazon banner over to Amazon, they handle the rest from there, man, and they do a really good job of that. So thanks. Thanks in advance for, for buying product uh, through our website. Go shop for crap, everybody. <laughs> stuff. I need stuff. Wow, man. Ooh, that was a boatload of uh, hydrogen, man. I, um, <laughs> um I, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man, anything you want to add to any, you know, you got anything else you want to, mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than it's been a good day. It's, just, yeah, it's, uh, been one of the longer ones, but lots of, uh, meat on the bone, as you like to say. I, I think it's time for a wrap. It's actually time for a beer. Yeah, or that. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to take us out? Yep. All right, everybody. Uh, as always, we appreciate you hanging on, checking us out, tell a friend, keep doing all that good stuff. Uh, I'm going to leave you with the words of John F. Kennedy. The rights of every man are diminished when the rights of one man is threatened. For my pal Jay over there, I'm Keith. We will see you on the next one. Take care, guys. <laughs>